Hello and welcome to Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave, the movie talk show where each week one of us takes a movie off our shelf, presents it to the other, and share our thoughts. This week we've got coming off of Dave's Shelf, 2014's A Most Violent Year, starring uh, Oscar Isaac, Jessica Chastain, and directed by J.C. Shandor. Uh, Dave, how are you doing this week? Welcome to the show. And uh, mm-hmm. why why this movie and, and why now? Great question, Philip, and thank you for having me on the show. Uh, uh, standing standing my... invitation. <laughs> you can't get anybody else. Um, well, I have to only find Dave's. That's it. You know, that's very. You're limiting yourself unnecessarily. Yep. Painted ourselves into a real the, corner. Could change the title of the show <laughs> if you, you wanted to. Um, I want to apologize first. My voice is a little bit off. I've been struggling with uh, a post-dry cough from the flu, uh, so uh, I apologize. I don't sound normal, but maybe it might be a better-sounding voice for podcasting. Who knows? Questionable. You know, it's like that time Elaine got sick and wanted her sick voice. And it was, no, no, sorry, that was Phoebe from Friends. You, uh, you know, I've that. never so seen. You I've have not seen I've... Friends, yes, or Band of Brothers, or King of Queens. All right, <laughs> the list grows larger. Uh, not many people yeah. have seen Friends. Um, let me get this back on the rails here. Um, most violent year uh, was 1981, New York. Oscar Isaac, yes, I. It's on my shelf. I've seen it once before. It was when I first uh, I bought it at a at a sunrise uh, a few years back. Uh, it really was the Oscar Isaac of it all. Uh, Star Wars came out a year later, Force Awakens. But by the time I, I, I grabbed this movie, this had already come out, so I knew him from Star Wars. And I, I was a bit of a fa- He was one of the bright spots I felt uh, in that series. And uh, it kind of intrigued me. The, the genre was sort of interesting. And uh, I was just looking at my shelf the other day, and... I thought, well, I don't. I doubt Phil has seen this movie, and I, I recall the movie taking place at least in the fall, because I remembered uh, the characters could see their breath in some mm-hmm. instances. So I thought, well, here we are. We're basically on this doorstep of December, so I wanted to get a little bit of a theme in here. But more importantly, I just wanted to hear what you had to say about a movie where I don't know what to think of it. The first time I watched it, and here I am again, sort of in the same sort of boat. There's things I like about it and it was received relatively well so i think uh, i have you the expert uh, of movies arguably very arguably <laughs> very, very arguably <laughs> but you I'll, sound like I'll you know what you're talking about yes <laughs> yeah. that's key it's key it sound good as incorrect as you may be on many in many instances all things michael bay so that's really all i have uh, for reasons to to bring off the shelf i think it's more than enough and um please uh, phil Tell me your first, I'm assuming, your first impressions. Uh, you are correct. I've never seen this movie before. I didn't know when you when you suggested it. I don't know that I'd ever even heard of this movie, to be fair. Not many people um, did, I don't think, actually. yeah, It's difficult to say. You know, it was, uh, it was 2014, so I have no good excuse other than I wasn't working at the uh, video store anymore. So I had become a little bit dislodged from... Uh, modern movies uh, I didn't uh, you know go as often and streaming and so forth hadn't I guess fully taken hold so uh, it was fair just enough, a movie that enough, kind of yeah. came and went and I'm to your point around the Oscar Isaac of it all I you had mentioned that he was a 
bright spot or, or something uh, you know unique or interesting in the Star Wars, uh, the new Star Wars movies. And I thought he was absolutely ridiculous in that movie. I thought so many things in that trilogy were terrible, and I didn't find that he stuck out at all. I thought he was at the time people were you know Oscar Isaac's in this you know he's a real actor so on and so forth. But I didn't think a, he did anything in those movies that uh, had him stand out. I had seen uh, Inside Lewin Davis. I think, um, well, that's the movie I first noticed him. I should say, uh, okay. but I haven't seen a lot of his other movies, and so seeing this one. Uh, I'm reminded. I think he's pretty great. And Jessica Chastain is another one where historically I don't really haven't seen a whole lot with her. Um, Tree of Life is one that sticks out. Uh, but th- both actors are not are not people that I, I particularly gravitate towards. And then uh, Shandor as a director, um, I had heard good things uh, about Margin Call, which he had directed, as mm-hmm. well as. Um, All is Lost uh, with Robert Redford I had heard decent things about and Ooh, Triple Frontier mm, Triple Frontier yeah, is a, an Affleck movie yeah Netflix yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't watch typically don't watch uh, Affleck uh, movies it's a, well it's a big action movie on, on a <laughs> you know produced by and for a streamer it just it, it slips through the cracks the streamer world is one that I haven't figured out how to navigate fully so um so anyway, the point is just this: this movie is is kind of an anomaly. I had never heard of it, and so going in, it was my obviously my first watch, and I just kind of similar to your experience, which is to say, I don't really know what or why I'm watching this movie. Uh, <laughs> in that there there are a lot of things, you know, not like the usual movies you bring off your shelf, which I wonder why is anyone watching this movie, or why did Dave think it was uh, worthy of uh, our yeah. time. Um, a different why okay it's good it's a different why it's 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 (laughs) i don't really know what this movie is saying what it's um getting at or what it's conveying or what its interest is in its characters and or its story or its setting um there's nothing about it that is particularly unique or say that okay i say okay well we'll get into that you will get into that, but you're, in a lot of ways, yes, you're, you're not completely wrong. Um, but yes, when it, you're right. When it comes to the story and stuff, you're like, well, I don't know what we're doing. Like, it's it's a little a little bit weak, I would say. Yeah, I'm not saying any of it is bad either, and that's sort of what the end of that of that point was, which was none of it is novel or unique or or particularly interesting in the moment. But mm-hmm. I did find myself compelled throughout, and I did sort of at the end of it feel like it was a movie that I was thinking about. But not always in a great way. I wasn't sort of thinking about, ooh, that was really powerful, or the message was mm-hmm. interesting, or the or the performances were great. It left me a little bit of why this story, this time, this way, and I haven't really fully nailed it. Other than I think it's well made, and I think performances are good. I just don't really know what uh, again or why the movie's made. I I don't know yeah. what it, what it's trying to what the story is trying to tell. I feel. I feel like the filmmaker feels that there is importance in this and a gravity to what the time period and the and the setting and the characters and all of the things that go into making a movie. I feel like he believes that this is saying something, but I don't know that he is successful fully in saying it. And while I do like some scenes very much and performances as well, I, I did find it a little bit hollow by the end of the watch, thinking, I like 
parts, but I don't know that I can really grasp why or, or why, you know, or, or fully uh, what's happening in the, in, in the story. Yeah, no, you know, I get you for sure. I mean, if we were really good podcasters, we would probably have done some research and maybe t- t- determine the uh, the director's motivation to bringing this to our attention. Uh, a story of New York in, you know, 1981. A lot of movies we watch, it's about a sort of like a, a big event. So they don't really have to make up an excuse. It's like, oh, well, this happened, like Pearl Harbor. Uh, we can do a movie in 2001 because Pearl Harbor was such a, a big thing when it happened. Uh, I didn't realize that was, I mean, I guess New York has had some history, violence history. This was the most violent year. 1981 was, was New York's 81 most violent year. York. They need to get Rudy Giuliani, uh, Giuliani in there to clean it up. Oh, my God. Uh, yep. Which he does years later uh, in with some... <clears throat> um, some interesting choices, but uh, again, limited results. research. Yeah, <laughs> questionable results. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm on I'm on the same sort of the same page as you. And yes, a, a little bit hollow. I felt like the story itself was a little bit weak. Therefore, it sort of needs to make up for it through the cast and through the cinematography. And I feel like it does make up for some of it, but maybe not enough to walk away feeling wow. What what a movie! Uh, it did relatively well numbers wise. I know you don't put any stock in IMBD, but none. I'm always curious, and it's right in there at a solid like seven. So yeah. it's um, certainly scored better than <clears throat> some of my uh, <laughs> most of movies. your movies. <laughs> most of my movies, eighty percent. So this is the you know the the twenty percent of movies that are above seven in my collection. And that's an, another reason why I want to bring it off the, the shelf. So they, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm missing uh, something from this. So I thought, who better? Uh, I mean, there's tons of better, but you're the my only option uh, to kind of uh, talk Once through again, it and see. Uh, <laughs> you need a fill. <laughs> yeah, I do need a fill. I need a fill <laughs> of fill. And one thing I will say about in regards to the unique you know, aspect of it all, it doesn't bring a whole lot new to the table other than the way it's shot. Like this, this is shot out of auto. Uh, you know, doesn't hit the regulations of, of the color scheme. Is uh, not legal, if you will. Just the sort of the look of it. It, it obviously has like a, a LUT, uh, which is kind of like a. I don't know if you know what a LUT is. I don't really know. I know like it's just a, a sort of a, a color you put over top of your film to give it a, a look. And I feel that that is it's it's you don't see a lot of movies that really commits commit to doing that. Some movies will have it at the beginning, like um, Space Cowboys, you know, at the monochrome. Uh, mm-hmm. But this this does it all the way through. What were your thoughts around uh, the look? Did it did you did it grab you right away? Like, did you notice right away that this the color is just a little bit different than maybe your average movie? Yeah, I mean, it's it's evocative of movies. You know, Gordon Willis. If uh, when you watch The Godfather, there's a lot of yellows. There's a lot of uh, it's 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 indicative of movies of that era of the uh late 70s early 80s so i i did connect to it i did feel like it's it's trying to convey a particular era i thought it did really well there's nothing about the style of this movie that i have any real qualms with i i think it's i love the the wardrobe i love the uh you know uh, the sets uh, set deck and so forth um mm-hmm. uh the aesthetic the cinematography the shots and the uh, color scheme. I, I really enjoyed all of it. There are a couple of scenes in particular that stand out, but I like the the, the look of this. It looks like a it's it's trying to look like an early '80s 
Sidney Lumet movie or a late seventies, uh, you know, Francis Coppola. Like I said, it's a, it's got a, a Gordon Willis uh, hue to it, and you know, David Fincher in in more modern days does a lot of again heavy yellows and and some desaturations on the on the colors and and so forth. So um, it it it's noticeable because it's it's by design. I think like it's it's not yeah. Um, oh yeah, it's right. It's it's trying to to be this movie of this era and i thought it, uh, in that respect i thought it, it conveyed that really well now obviously i was only a, a couple of years old at the time but um it did feel in and of uh its place i think we can all i think we can all appreciate a willis hugh i think uh because he did uh, was Godfather, correct? Uh, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. They called him the Prince of to... Darkness. We talked about him in our Presumed Innocent uh, episode. Uh, if you want to check that out in the archives, we did uh, discuss him. Well, Foy, uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the characters in the movie. Obviously, we touched on, you mentioned the cast mm-hmm. uh, of it. So we got the look, and now we have the cast. Now, uh, these two, Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain, have actually worked together. They were pretty intimate in a TV miniseries recently from Scenes from a Marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so um, they've worked together before. And then you have uh, Theo Huxtable in the movie. Malcolm Malcolm have... Jamal Warner is in this movie? <laughs> no, you look kind of looks like him, no? It's a D.A. Lawrence. Oh, my looks God. Like a... <laughs> Jesus <laughs> oh, you, Christ. <laughs> no? Not even a little bit. No Theo Jesus. there. Not even a little bit. If well, anything, I would argue he, that. Oh, well, clearly. Wow. Okay. Now you're making me think <laughs> I'm racist. <laughs> I will, well, I don't want to say Costanza. those words. but uh. <laughs> I'm having a George Costanza moment. Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar oh, Ray. gosh. Um, Sugar Ray. Yep. <laughs> uh, David uh, Oilo. Uh, I thought yeah. he was really good in this. Yeah, I think he's great. He played uh, Martin Luther King in, in Selma, and uh, he was good in that too. Okay, and then we have uh, Bradley Cooper from Wish, uh, Jurassic Bradley Park Threes, uh, Alessandro Nivola. I think uh, Bradley, Peter. Who's Bradley Cooper? Peter. <laughs> I what mentioned him in, in another happening? movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you recall, in season one uh, of our show, obviously you'll have to you know go back and maybe give it a, a re-listen. I uh-huh. thought the guy from Jurassic Park three oh, was Bradley yes, Cooper. That's right. That's right, and it's, and Alice, it's, it's, it's this guy uh, a few years later after Jurassic Park 3. And then somebody named, I'm not going to get it right, <laughs> but uh, Ellie's uh, Gable played Julian. And that's that's the main crew. I can't forget Albert Brooks. Uh, we've seen him before. Uh, I don't can't place it where, but um, he played a, a, you know, a pretty cool role as the lawyer. Yeah, it was an Out of Sight, your favorite movie of. Uh, oh, okay, year. yeah. So, was he in a trunk? He was not in a trunk. Ah, uh, well, that's why I don't remember. Yeah, if you're not in right. a trunk. I don't remember who you are. No, he was the and banker that was trying to get Clooney his job. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Big and role. The diamonds, role. the whole thing. Well, this is the whole climax of the movie takes place. He's there. It's about Apparently. his diamonds. Well, I mean, if anybody can handle handle a climax, it's Albert Brooks. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did just watch uh, Defending My Life, the uh, Albert Brooks story, uh, a documentary made by Rob Reiner uh, just this last uh, week or so. It's fantastic. Uh-huh. This guy's amazing. So as a result, uh, next season, we're going to have some Albert Brooks movies coming off. At least one. Well, I love 
I love when He's that great. happens, you know? You, uh, you watch something, and then you watch something that you didn't choose yourself, and boom, there's a, something there that you would just kind of... Uh, yeah, I thought generally, let's just talk about some of those uh, those performances, generally speaking. I thought he was great. I didn't think he had a lot to work with, but I appreciated how um, disciplined he was as an as a character and um, very straightforward. You kind of get a sense of menace and a guy that knows what to do and how to get things done, but isn't mm-hmm. overtly, aggressively showing off that strength and that power but it's there i feel like in the undercurrent i really like characters like that and i thought he delivered that uh that type of thing in the scenes that he was in very well uh i think he's actually a, a pretty pretty great actor for Did a guy that's noted right spot in the film uh yeah sure i'll, I'll go so far i'll give it to you i'll give it <laughs> Don't to do you many favors uh, uh, Alessandro Nivola, small role, but I think he's fine. Generally speaking, I saw him in Laurel Canyon. He was uh, most recently in this uh, Saints of Newark, um, the Sopranos movie I, I didn't watch. But um, I liked him in Laurel Canyon. I think he's in a couple other movies, but I, none that I really um, stick out with. He was in with. American Hustle with sort of this movie sort of kind of – they made some very loose comparisons in some reviews. So he came out a year before, and he was okay. in the classic – Face off. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, dumbest movie. <laughs> yes, ever. we talked about that one. We talked about uh, don't that get one. me started on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's pretty riled so, up. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh, that runs out the crew. As I say, I think some performance wise, I think we're in a pretty good spot here. We don't get a whole lot of exposition, uh, and uh, no. you know, movies, you know, don't have to do that. It's not a requirement. Uh, I sometimes feel like it hurts in some cases, but this movie, uh, you know, doesn't isn't too confusing. It, it it pretty much gives you the gist of it, of of where we are, what he is, a little bit of his background. You know, his fa- This was his father in law's company. Uh, he he married sort of married into it. He's a you know an immigrant in search of the American dream, and mm-hmm. we get an idea that Oscar Isaac's character is a uh, you know a bit of a bit of a straight shooter you i would say at least seemingly uh in the beginning now we maybe maybe it's not his true colors but as we go up through the movie which of course we will uh we kind of get that general sense that he he's not a hustler like he's not a gangster now this this gas these gas wars of 81 i worked in the gas business and there was gas wars but that was just pricing uh we didn't beat anybody up at least i didn't uh, anyway, so that's why you lost. This takes it to yes, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Eh? Uh, so that was when that when I first watched the movie, I thought, well, this is it, it makes me feel like they're taking something that is small and making a big deal out of it. But again, this is eighty one, and I, I feel like they're pulling information from history, so there could be some accuracies in this well, movie. I feel like there are. Uh, so I think that it's an interesting sort of. You know, uh, like it's not uh, gas. It's gas, right? It's just uh, gas. It's not. It's not. Ga- it's not drugs. It's not. You know, cocaine. It's not b- booze. It's nothing like that. It's uh, not bootlegging. It's just gas, which is. Yeah, but I mean, if you look in the the late seventies, there was a gas shortage, and uh, it was being sold for like eight dollars a barrel or a gallon. Sorry, at the at the mm-hmm. at and lineups for for miles and miles and miles uh, because uh, of the gas shortage because of the uh, 
there was uh, problems with the Middle East. There was big problems there. Jimmy Carter was the president, and he ah, Jimmy. went went there on to uh, and his wife uh, sadly just died. Um, oh. But uh, anyway, so that was the world in which it's it's talking about. So gas is expensive and is scarce, <laughs> right? And so in the end, that uh, now. yeah, this is even you know again more so than what we're dealing with right now, which is why I fully believe the kind of cartel or whatever else that's uh, that's happening here um, mm-hmm. is is based in reality because not only is it obviously a business and you've got competition, you've got certain kind of uh, strong arming uh, uh, different people, particularly around this era, this uh, this time, as you're saying, uh, the lawlessness of the of the early eighties in the in New York. But also for a commodity that is, uh, as I said, very scarce and uh, expensive. So the you get the 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 motive is there. Why someone would take the risk to rob gas tankers um, and yeah. the money that and the and the money that can be made from it is worth the risk of of uh, stealing it and and so forth. So I actually, yeah. like I said, I, lo- I really bought into each and every piece of this element of the story and kind of what it is and as you're saying a, a bell um in, in Isaac Isaac's character is presented as a good man just trying to make it work while those around him are maybe a little bit more uh vicious for lack of a better term yeah. whether it's yeah uh, uh, even just in playing the family. game like the game right like the just doing what it has to take to to sort of you know cut a few corners you know, ruffle a few feathers in, in it's the nature of a lot of businesses. So obviously you're right. I think it's, it's rooted in something real. I just, I, I, I never thought, and maybe I, cause I just, I was just a, obviously, you know, three years old at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never realized, I don't think of, sure. I, I can understand prices going up. We, we live post COVID with, 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 with uh, groceries and gas and all that being expensive and, shortages of toilet paper and what have you and I've just never seen them sort of make a movie out of it and so I see the motivation of the people stealing the gas because of the short I just don't see the motivation of, of making a, a big movie out of it and I think uh, that's maybe a bit of a struggle but uh, I like the, I like the challenge of it yeah apparently the 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 cost in 2015 dollars According to the research here in the oh, moment, looking up some numbers, uh, right. was was three dollars a gallon, the equivalent of three dollars a gallon. Well, I don't know gallons, Phil, but uh, you know, gives me an impression that seems to be a little pricey. A little pricey. You might want to walk to work, if you can, or take public transit. Could be again, as you're saying earlier, they don't really set up the why of any of this. You just accept that it's happening, and because of the way in which it's presented, it just is. Right, uh, there isn't enough yeah. uh, reason to question it. It's not presented in such a way that feels shaky on the grounds. It's presented as real, whether it's actual or factual, is irrelevant mm-hmm. to the moment in the movie. So uh, they play it straight, and as a result, it's taken at face value. So um, yes, I I didn't question it at all in the movie. It's just sort of like okay, this is a serious thing, and I think the way the movie presents that problem. Uh, I think does so very effectively, and uh, in certain scenes and sequences are really brilliantly conceived. You know, for a movie that, as I said at the end, kind of left me a little hollow, they're really legitimate, good performances, and really, I thought, stellar um, scenes in the movie. And, and 
and I'm impressed by the filmmaking as well. I thought, generally speaking, um, there's a lot to like about the movie. It's really just sort of again, what it's what it's what is it message? What is it trying to say? Um, but I, I love the, yeah. the I love the setting it brings us to, and I like the the world it invites us into. And I thought those two things right off the bat were really pleasant. And um, by casting well, as I said before, and, and the costumes, I think just really put you in the moment. And I, I thought really effective. I think you really have to pay attention to a movie like this too. There's a lot of subtle dialogue, so it's you can't really tune out. Um, for a minute here, a minute there, because I, I even found myself, oh, what, 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 what did she just say? Mm. Uh, like his wife? And I'm thinking, oh, that might be important because he could get something that's really important in just one line that could be could be impacting the characters of the movie. Uh, so I, I thought it's one of those movies. And I, I don't have an issue with that movie. I just need to know. All right, once you get a sense, okay, this is a movie I, I really can't get sidetracked with a, with, a, with a cell phone or I can't scroll through Facebook while I'm doing it sort of thing. Uh, I really. <laughs> I wonder how to, many. To be fair to the movie, <laughs> how many movies are we movie, watching <laughs> that you haven't I actually mean, watched? <laughs> watch them. You know, you know what I mean. I mean, no, I've I watched Pearl Harbor forty times. I can do a couple sp- <laughs> scroll through the old uh, Facebook and uh, let people know what's on my mind. Speaking of Facebook, I don't know if you've noticed the latest update. Maybe it's just me, but now I'm getting birthday notifications the day after. So I'm oh. like, so-and-so's birthday was yesterday. So I feel like the new update wants you to feel like an asshole. It's like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I'm forgetting people's birthdays. The last three notifications have, have been, this person's birthday was yesterday. I'm like, oh, well, what am I supposed to do now? Wow. Uh, I guess be a better friend is the message. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't blame friend. Facebook for your inability yeah. to show love and compassion to your yeah, friends. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's showcasing it for me. Yeah. Um, I would have loved so, to get to wish you a happy birthday, but Facebook didn't tell me. So <laughs> <laughs> screwed. Yeah. Damn you, Meta. <laughs> uh, but I do love the chemistry between most of the characters. I think that my favorite, I think, is probably uh, Oscar Isaac's character, Abel. And... Um, and the DA, DA Lawrence, uh, David uh, Oiloyo. I think them on screen together is my favorites. Um, um, but I don't know if you have a different opinion on that, or do you? Did you like? Did you, what did Phil? Did, did you like the marriage? Well, I do really like the, the as you're saying with the DA and 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 Abel here. I I think that there is a chemistry there, and it's a it's a thing that in movies that I really enjoy and. Anytime you get the, we talked, we we saw a little bit of this in uh, our American Gangster uh, episode, if you recall, uh, available of course in the archives, the sequence in which uh, Denzel and Russell Crowe are sitting uh, across the table from one another, c- devising ways to help one another or what have you, uh, the power dynamic between the two. Obviously, mm-hmm. in movies like The Dark Knight, where you've got the Joker and the ba- and the Batman kind of side by side in Heat. You've got De Niro and Pacino, criminal and, and cop, side by side. There is this symbiotic connection that ends up happening in, in some of these movies. And I thought this one, even though he isn't a criminal, there's nothing, at least that we see as it's happening, that puts Abel in the criminal category. We just know he's being investigated, that the whole sort of system is corrupt, and that there's there's problems in the air. But he himself doesn't present as gangster or criminal just mm. that he's being and so the information that he exchanged that he has or when he goes to him for help or any of those 
you know, when when uh, the DA is also coming at him saying like you're putting me in a in a difficult position, the dynamic between the two I really do think is is pretty compelling, and I like it. And like I said, in almost any movie that 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 puts these two types of you know both sides of the law as it were side by side mm-hmm. um i really enjoy that just naturally in, in the context i think um the marriage the the main couple of course i thought really good i thought chastain doesn't have a lot to do but when she gets a chance to light it up i think she does um i think the way in which she kind of manipulates him and and gets a little bit more uh maybe vicious as the time goes on um, mm-hmm. I really did appreciate. It. I really thought that that arc was delivered very well, and I thought that she, um, again, the writing and the and the structure of the movie allows for that to happen. You get to really see a bit of a descent and a bit of a of a break away from 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 Abel and his sort of policies or what have you. Uh, I thought that was really well uh, laid out. But I have to say that w- we talked earlier about bright spots. Uh, for me, it's uh, Elise Gabel. Um, as as Julian, I thought Julian, he yeah. was fantastic in the movie, and we'll get into more of the reasons why. But I thought that mm-hmm. his scenes were excellent, and I thought his scenes with, uh, particularly in the early parts of the movie, with and in the middle, actually, now that I mention it, uh, with Abel uh, Isaac Oscar Isaac's character is, I thought, really really compelling and almost uh, heartbreaking in 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 the way in which it, it manifests. So that character, I think really is the the skeleton key to the whole movie but also uh, i thought really well performed and and uh, well written i really really connected to that character as i watched the movie he's the the bright spot as a, yeah. as i would say i can see that because he's a bit of a loser and uh, i can see how you uh <clears throat> connect just gravitate that. gravitate uh, right there buddy <laughs> uh I, I didn't like the character but i don't not from a, like i just didn't like the character but i loved I, the performance was really good like he he's not a, obviously a likable character necessarily uh, he's obviously a weaker character who's under a lot of pressure. Uh, maybe you empathized with him a little bit more than me. I think he made some poor choices personally. Uh, um, That's interesting because I, I think that that I have, a, I have the exact opposite. I feel like he is comp- compelled by lack of empathy and and uh, uh, from Oscar Isaac's character. I didn't find him oh, to be a loser so, or. Eh? At all, and the, the choices wow. that he makes are, are, I think, all predisposed by the fact that uh, you know, he's he's, he's asking for help, and uh, and uh, yeah, doesn't, he wants doesn't to go into it. sales. Yeah, he kind of reminded me of uh, of uh, from Repo Men, you know, trying to make the jump to sales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jula's character. <laughs> if I don't go to sales, things are going to go bad, and uh, mm. the, it did. Uh, yeah, but I guess we, we we can definitely agree on the performance, one hundred percent. But uh, I think Oscar Isaac was a pretty nice guy, uh, generally speaking. I don't think he did him really any wrong, but obviously there's room for an argument there. We'll get into it in some fisticuffs. <laughs> that's what uh, it takes. That's, or that's a scene early in the movie. Let's, let's sort of kind of get into a few scenes here. Early on, it's not long after we, we get an idea of what the movie's about and his truck, basically, that he's driving gets hijacked. Literally, I was going to say more or less, but no, it literally got hijacked. Uh, and he gets roughhoused and, and, and beat up a little bit and ends up in the, in the hospital. And, of course, Oscar... Beat up a little boss. bit. The guy gets a tire iron to the face. 
Breaks right, his well, jaw, busts up his face, is, can't speak, he can barely see. Listen, well, you know what? Lock the doors next time and roll up the windows, oh okay? A tire so iron! He breaks in. the windows! What are you talking about? Well, get better windows. You're killing me. <laughs> One of the things I did want to mention just in these early scenes is, and I'm not sure if you picked up on it, but I, I did eventually, is the by like the third time, uh, all of the radio uh, in the cars or or on the televisions and so forth, it's all speaking about violent acts that are occurring in the city, and I thought oh, that was uh, yeah another element yeah, to to, up on that. to bring you into this is what's happening mm -hmm. in the world that these people are are living in. So it's not just the violence that they're experiencing, but it's also yeah. the violence that surrounds them, that is everywhere they turn, that is in their neighborhoods and yeah, stuff like in that. New York and in 81. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as I say, the movie's pretty subtle, so you got to look out for those uh, sort of things. So it's a movie that's worth, certainly, you, you got to watch and find more than once, absolutely. Yeah, I really just um, appreciated that so yeah, subtlety get, to, to kind of bring that out uh, is uh, really, I thought, a really important yeah, not, scene. Not setter. as subtle as a, as, a, as a tire iron or whatever you call it. Uh, <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> so yeah, he gets banged up pretty good, and that's why oscar uh, uh abel comes to visit him in the hospital like any good boss you know hope you're doing better very polite take your time you know get, come back when you're ready to come to work no one's forcing you to come back if you don't want to i i get it you know if i got beat up at where i work which some days i'm surprised i haven't <laughs> in the retail business uh, i might consider not coming back the next day but uh well, I had a I had a I had a friend of mine that was working at the video store one night that we were robbed, and uh, coincidentally with a tire iron, and uh, he effectively never worked at night again. He said, "I won't, I, I can't, I won't close the store ever yeah. again." So he had morning shifts yeah. because he was like, "I'm not doing that." It was so traumatic. So again, I can kind of appreciate it. this. Comes back a little later as well. Now, one of the things as well I, I do appreciate in the movie set up is though this even before this scene. We get the sense of what the stakes of this movie are, at least in terms of Abel. He's went to buy this property and yeah, and important. basically has spent all of his money, all of his collateral, anything that he's kind of got on the line into this deal to buy this land. And, and so we recognize now the clock's ticking. He's got seven days to solve this problem, to get the money. And while that is happening, that's why... This, the robbery of the trucks that are happening, so forth, you get the sense, okay, this is the plot of the movie. Now, again, whether that works fully or not is secondary to it. The, that's the stakes that we're dealing with, and I thought uh, the movie did a pretty yeah. good job of getting us into that world. Not just we get a bell stakes because, of, of obviously, it's his transaction, but then we get to see right after that, as you're saying, Julian's attack to kind of get the impression of this is the world that we're entering. So we know his side of the stakes, and we now know the other elements at play and i think it makes for um interesting setup to the movie that doesn't have a lot of plot at the end of the day yeah that's true yeah it, the, the stakes are clearly there absolutely and i think i think it's enough to to more or less to carry a movie i think generally um buying the um the land uh, he's got a good plan getting it from the amish people mm -hmm. right? they're amish right uh jewish know. they're 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 hasidic jews I think. Ah. Not a lot of Amish in New York City. Amish are... Uh, Mostly in uh, Pennsylvania, I believe. Yeah. P Amish are like, they don't use technology. So the idea that they're hanging out in 
the busiest city, <laughs> the most uh, modern yeah. city in the world is probably not all that uh, common. No. Not believable at all. That's, I checked out. I'm like, well, how much people? Come on, doing business here at, a, at this area? Come on. And I'm like, this, this movie doesn't make any sense to me. Then I realized I was the problem. You're the one that doesn't make any sense, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one that doesn't make any sense. These aren't Amish people, David, you idiot. <laughs> You're really, um, <laughs> you're really cultured. This is really coming across on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's let's keep it. Uh, let's bring it down. Keep it a little bit safer and comment. What did you think about the blue doors on the house? <laughs> let's talk about the doors. <laughs> I don't know. They were, they were, they really sort of in your face. <laughs> they popped. Would you buy a house? It popped. Would you like buy a house that was beautiful and everything, but just had these really, you know, colorful front doors? Yes. You need to know. Okay. Yes, I have, uh, bright What's kitchens the, as well. I don't have any trouble with that. No, Ooh, I paint. Thought I did a, a lovely living room. Yeah, paint. Any, I don't mind any color whatsoever. Yeah, you're easy that way. I like yeah. that. I got a lot of respect about that. Um, we need to stop. I'm not sure why uh, Jessica. They had to make her a blonde. I'm a little offended by that. Actually, she's a redhead. I don't see why she can't play a redhead in 1981 New York. Oh, I saw it as a strawberry blonde, but uh, maybe it's just the yellow lighting that you were talking about. The LUT. Maybe it's the LUT the that... Lut. Uh, <laughs> maybe it was the LUT. <laughs> that really changed things up uh, for you. You're probably <laughs> right. It's the LUT. Uh, speaking of the of the new home, Phil, with the big blue doors that uh, you love so much, uh, they've moved in. You see the, the moving boxes. They've settled in. They've got a couple kids. They're minding their own business, and uh, Abel hears a noise or something, and uh, <laughs> I guess apparently there's somebody outside, causing, causing ruckus, looking inside. We don't know. the And a bit of a chase scene out in the snow uh, with no socks, nothing at all, actually, on the feet. Like That's, uh, that's problematic. So what did you get a sense of, of, of what that guy was doing there? Obviously... Oscar's character is trying to say, ah, it's nothing. It's nothing to do related to our business. It's just a guy look at, trying to steal a TV. Sure. Which, I mean, it could be the case. A lot of TVs say uh, stealing going on back in New York in 81, I'm sure, from the footage I've seen. I thought the scene was well put together. I thought it was interesting to me because we had already seen the violence come to the driver, and there's a certain sense as he, when he went to visit him in the hospital – Take your time, right? There's a bit of a aloofness uh, to Oscar Isaac's character. He's the the man on top, as it were, and mm-hmm. and uh, Julian is obviously one of the the middlings uh, in the in the grand scheme. So I did get an, a, a sense that, that that what you're trying to do in this instance is show that the the violence is at his front door. Uh, we've just talked about how it's on the radio; it's everywhere they turn; it's on every block and so forth. And this was an example of no matter how much money you spend and they kind of allude to this later with uh uh alessandro novola but the the idea yeah, that Peter, that yeah that you you it's everywhere get a fortress and you think that you can get above it but it can find you wherever you are and i thought that that was a great scene and and he's acknowledging you know he has a confrontation a little earlier with uh, chastain his wife around uh you know, they're going to have to go through all the books and she's panicked and he says, you know, what are we exposed to? What are we even dealing with here? And there's a conflict there. So you do get the impression he is trying to be a straight shooter, a good man, as it were, while those around him are sort of not really quite so receptive to that. And I think that this is an element that 
he's knocking the violence is on this front door whether he likes it or not the violence yeah, literally and the the criminality <laughs> is in his house whether he wants it or not the criminality is with his with with albert brooks's character whether it's a you know manifested itself in reality we get the sense that it's all kind of around him and this is a, a, a key example in terms of the chase and running sure uh, ultimately you know you can only run so far um in bare feet in the middle of so the true. the snow but um, so true i thought at the end of the day that it was um uh, a pretty effective scene and i also appreciate that he's still trying to shelter not only his kids and so forth but his wife from from that violence from the severity of what he's dealing with uh, which obviously comes to play a little mm-hmm. later on, but I thought overall a really effective scene. I, I really liked it and, and thought it it did set a tone for that relationship, how they communicate, and obviously uh, the violence kind of inching closer and closer to him and his family. Yeah, I would say very almost sort of symbolic too, right? So the violence is literally on his front door. I like that. Um, it's he's not above it. I like what he says to Peter too. He's like, I'm not, I I don't want to live like that. Peter talks about. Well, once you get to a certain level, you sort of have to live up on a a fortress or something and have security and have all that um, in place to be able to live, you know, more safely. And he's like, no, nah, I just want to be able to, you know, come and go to my house as I please. I don't have to worry about stuff like that. But well, um, but I, don't, I guess as, as, as straight as you want to shoot it in, in the gas business, uh, there's other people in the business, guys like uh, Arnold, Arnold Klein, played by the great Glenn Fleshler. I think yeah. we've all uh, see, seen him in a, a few flicks, plays that role uh, pretty well. But uh, he's just one more of the, the main guys that sort of shows up in a few scenes that... Um, Unfortunately, it's uh, it's gonna be a tough go, and I, I like the dynamic with his uh, with with his wife Anna, where she doesn't really see him protecting the family. At least, like she doesn't see it. Not that he's necessarily not like he he keeps saying he's gonna take care of it, but he doesn't want to use violence. She <laughs> uh, she was called what we uh, in some reviews a wasp was the term they used to describe her character. Yeah, I think uh, not a bad term to use. And as we see the movie go out, uh, go along, she sort of takes matters into her own hands. Uh, uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So it, it's a weird dynamic. Like he's he's the top dog, but she sees him as a little bit weak. And I even think she mentions that to him. It's one of their uh, conversations they have uh, at the house, probably not too long after the uh, the break in attempt. Well, I think that's ultimately. I mean, why wasp is uh, when someone is waspy, it's a white Anglo-Saxon uh, Protestant. Um, so it's it's oh. it's it's not the insect. It's, like it's a bee. No, it's it's a, it reference <laughs> to the fact that she's oh. she's not ethnic at all. She's waspy is uh, is the term. So it's not not to do with. Um, Jeez, I'm really on point today. <laughs> 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 like, oh yeah like the insect yeah you know sure. bees are more friendly and wasp uh, yeah okay I, I, re- I respect the 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 leap though i mean i, I get it she <laughs> what i find interesting is the two of them at different times called the other week and uh one of oscar isaac's sort of mantras throughout the whole movie is that he, he abhors weakness and one of the you know the the challenges he has with julian is that so i think it's interesting that they're both sort of posturing strength uh, from positions that they don't mm-hmm. that are not particularly uh, advantageous or particularly strong, um, and then as the movie goes, she gets to sort of have a couple of scenes that you know, puts the power in her 
in her hands, but he's then striving to take it back and so forth. So, I mean, it is indicative. And similarly with uh, Alessandro Nivola's character in his fortress, as he said later on when they have that meeting, there is this sense that with uh, the power comes danger and, and with strength comes success and what have you. And uh, um, Isaac's character is is not really playing that up. He's He's got a look he's trying to present well, but I don't know that he is... He's actually well, if that makes sense, right? We meet him at the beginning, and he's he's broke, right? He's got all of his money into this land deal, and he's it's it's hanging on by a thread. So there is this impression that that it's all posturing. He even talks about it in the great scene we alluded to, which was the training of the new guys and uh, the gas salesman, and that's a, I I really love that scene as short as it is because it does indicate it is about posturing. It is about style it is about how you present yourself mm-hmm. if you are if you look successful you will be considered successful he walks in and he says always you know some great stuff would you like coffee or tea well I'll have some tea or lemonade or soda lemonade please the idea that he's actually breaking it down so much so that that it, it is an attempt to say because we are the best we can't compete on price so we have to compete on quality and you have to present as though we're the best option there is, and these are the ways and tricks in which you do it. And I'm sure, as you mentioned, uh, that you've got a, a little bit of um, experience in the sales game. You got to have it, buddy. You got to have salesmanship. There's no doubt about that. I still think I'd take coffee over tea, but that's okay. Of course, of course. And you're right. I do like that that scene, and you know, keeping eye contact, you know, <laughs> awkwardly longer uh, at the person. There's yes, little right. tricks. Because obviously Oscar's character, he's he's not a salesman per se, but you can tell that he's got that sort of. Well, you know, maybe that's how he started. I was gonna say, I think he's he's just come from the ground up. I feel that's my my take on it. Is yeah. that is that he knows yeah. these things because this is his world and has been forever. He probably worked for his father in law, you know, this and that, and rose up before he yeah. bought the business and so on. So I do think that that and stuff I, is all. I think indicative. that's. And I think that's why he knows Julian's probably not fit to be the salesman. He's just being, you know, he's just being honest with him, and he's not. Julian is not sales material. You have no idea. Not. We haven't even seen his options. I do. <laughs> right. I haven't seen his pitch. Uh, uh, but I like that scene because strong. You yeah. can tell that he is. It's like you're saying that scene is. It's a good comparison to the to the Jude Law sequence. Obviously, it's a completely different context, but there is that feeling of I am not cut mm-hmm. out for this job. I don't want it. I've had a bad experience. I want out. And by saying no, then yeah. uh, the the ripple of that obviously uh, continues to play out. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, and then we you know she finds at this point you know she she finds the gun. That yeah, that could have been a problem. Yeah, well, the kid's playing with it, right? And there's again, there's this <laughs> this violence is it gets into every pore. It gets in from not only the, the 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 violent drug dealers or the carjackers, but also to the innocent children, right? When it's when you're surrounded mm-hmm. by it, it can penetrate anything, whether it's breaking into your house or the remnants of a gun and so forth. So I thought a pretty powerful little moment. Uh, and her reaction to it is uh, is pretty great. It's one of the few moments where she has in this movie to kind of really stand up and and kind of be strong as as it were. And confronting him about it is um, is a powerful scene. I I really thought it was uh, pretty pretty great. And you know from there we go and talk to the the um, 
kind of the head driver or whomever, the manager of the drivers and his suggestion, of course, which is the sort of typical reaction to violence, right? Violence begets more violence. Someone attacks you with a gun. Well, now I need a gun to protect myself. The answer isn't getting rid of all the guns. Yeah. It's getting more guns to no. balance the guns. It's <laughs> more knives to challenge the knives. It's, it's you know, more violence upon upon violence. And Abel seems very, very clear. He does not want it to go that way. He doesn't want to arm everybody and succumb to it. But it's like it's seeping in to every crack into the organization. Obviously, there's some conflict within. I really like that scene. What are your thoughts on that sequence? Peter Garetti, I think, is a, a great actor. I think he, he knows the roles to play, and he, when he, and he plays them really, really well. So I think he was perfectly cast as uh, Bill O'Leary as the truck boss, uh, as, as I had written down there. So I think it's a great scene. I mean, it's that, you know, age-old story of, you know, fight fight violence with violence, and it's unfortunately very real, especially in, in North America. Uh, just having it for protection, right? Yes. So you need a gun because you're afraid somebody else has a gun. Correct. And it, it's it's tough, and I love the Oscar's character, um, where he said, like, no, I do, I refuse to, you know, to, to, to agree to this. Where uh, Bill wants to arm every, every driver, and I, I mean, I see both sides, right? I mean, what you don't want to have to worry about getting hit with a tire iron every time you go out on a run, like that's obviously that can't continue. And one r- option would be to arm him, arm the drivers. So that is a solution. Uh, and I see Oscar's point. And saying, well, this that's just a, a disaster waiting to happen, which is a little bit, of course, foreshadowing yep. to what happens later, which I think there is a, f- a fair amount of foreshadowing in this, but I, I don't typically find it too heavy-handed. I feel like it's not a little over the top. It's I mean, it, it's all pretty understandable, so I, I, I like that about this movie. So uh, it's, it's a good scene, I think, and every scene with, with uh, that character uh, in it is, is good, and he has some uh, some good dialogue and some some pretty good arguments that kind of push the movie forward and to, uh, and kind of tell us the story that it wants to tell about uh, about this character. Yeah, I kind of like that. It, what I I didn't really find that there was a ton of foreshadowing so much as I mean, not necessarily like a one for one, like a Chekhov's gun kind of situation set up and payoff, but rather yeah. it yeah, all yeah. feels naturally progressing to a head. Right? We feel like I feel like mm-hmm. these things, however disparate they they appear, the land deal, Julian's problems, the other drivers, the robberies, the gas, the all the little pieces of the gun in the in the front yard, that they're all kind of pushing everybody towards some sort of culmination, um, and uh, and what that might be, or to to what extent is, I I think where some of the tension in the movie starts to come from around this point. Um, but um, uh, you know, there's a sequence soon after this where he's talking to uh, Albert Brooks, and he says something to the effect of like, "Why do you want this so much? You know, this land." So he says, "I I have no idea what you mean." Like, he can't even fathom the idea that there is a point, like a step back as the money is tight, things are getting crazy, he's under investigation, Julia's been attacked, there's all these things kind of happening, the robberies are happening, $6,000 in in fuel over and over again, there's these elements that are happening all around him, and they're trying to basically say, like, take a minute, back down, and we'll try again, and 
he can't even register that there's even a reason to ask the question. I thought that was a pretty good scene between the two, and it does sort of show Abel's steadfastness to try and keep it moving forward. There is no going back. There is no changing your mind. We are moving forward. This is what's happening. And I thought it's pretty indicative of his character. I mean, yeah, Oscar's character has made it clear he only moves forward. Like, he doesn't... uh... He just forward, forward, forward. He got, got a lot of respect for that. Uh, I'm a kind of a guy that uh, doesn't do that, and well, here I am. Uh, but uh, it's a good, kind of a confusing line. I didn't really quite mean what he said. Like I, I'm kind of with uh, Brooks on this. I'm like, can you could get? Can you give me some more information here? Like why can't we wait? I'm kind of curious myself. So I, I can understand Brooks his his approach with them, but. Uh, forward all the way buddy do not uh, do not pass go do uh you know collect your 200 dollars. yeah he's clearly got a mission for whatever reason he's on a, he's on a he's designed and desire to 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 make it a clean business and as he said later to kind of take out his competition and to be the top dog or what have you um it's just there's no ands ifs or but which is ultimately why he then because things are sort of falling apart he looks for some uh solace in the bank he wants sort of proof and verification, so he organizes this dinner uh, with Albert yes. Brooks and his, and and his wife, and they all sit down with the bankers who has given them loans before, just to kind of smooth Are that you? over and to make sure that uh, that everything is clear. and And I think that it's it's this movie has a, a fair amount of those types of scenes where just a couple of people are chatting. But uh, I thought that overall this scene was a pretty good one, and it does show a little bit of faux desperation. Uh, or maybe actual desperation, but he's trying to play it cool. Um, I thought a, a pretty a pretty good scene for that. Uh, I, I did kind of enjoy the way that they all interact, and you can see that he's he's anxious. He kind of throws a, a couple of looks and a couple. I think he looks great in this in this scene. I think his performance gives that sense of urgency and fear and doubt and desperation and confidence. Uh, it's all kind of there in his face. I enjoy this scene. I like the dynamic of Arthur, which is the older banker, and then he's got the young guy. Yes. And I like how he's really focused on Arthur because they have that relationship. And, yeah, you get a little sense of all of that, but ultimately, you know, his – his salesmanship sort of comes out, like his 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 roots, you know. And he's able to he's able to pull it off ultimately. Like he's his words are are smooth enough, and and he has enough confidence where the bank says, "Yeah, we got your back." You know, I know you're obviously having some legal issues because that's already apparent at this point. Yep. Like the DA is looking into him, and they are aware of that. Correct. And uh, Arthur, Arthur's okay with that. I got I like Art Artie. He's a you know he's a banker that'll back you. Yes, absolutely. Up to a certain point. That's right. It, it's, <laughs> anyway, it's not a free, it's not a free yeah. ride, but uh, it is definitely there. Uh, um, and then we, it's sort of I don't know if juxtaposition is the right word. Well, but I mean they're coming off a high here. Yay, we got the we got the bankers on our side. Things are going well. And then they're driving home, and you think maybe someone's shot at them. I don't know if you got that impression, but they hit a deer. The, yeah, I always knew it was a deer. I didn't. I never really felt like they were they were oh. being attacked. Oh, look at you, well, la di da. Uh, but um, you know, <laughs> I guess uh, just a little smarter than you. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. I mean, this movie this movie kind of tricked me a few times, thinking something's going to happen and it doesn't. I thought me, it's like, oh, I think they hit somebody, a person. You know, oh, maybe that's like I'm just waiting for this movie to for something big to happen. Yes, I, I think you know, yeah, and, and it just 
just never really does. So I thought, okay, they thought it was a deer, but it's actually a you know a person crossing the street, and then they have to cover it up or blah blah blah. More legal trouble after just you know sealing the deal with the bank. Now like, oh shit, now we got this, but. It's not designed to do that. It's designed to do some something completely else, where he's going to take his his tire iron, give it the old Julian treatment, <laughs> and uh, and and lay it out. And then, of course, the wife comes out and shoots the, shoots the poor deer uh, four or five times. Not once, but what four times? Four times, I, think? I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to make sure it's done right. Yeah. Well, I suppose, and that you really get the uh, what a wasp, eh? Jesus. Right. <laughs> Stingy, stingy. Oh man. Um, Yeah, she. That a bee wouldn't do that. A hornet wouldn't do that, but a wasp would. That scene, uh, I think, is again. It's 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 another example in a different way. But the the there's still violence. It's not it's not just violence on people. It's violence on animals too, whether it's intentional or otherwise. There is this element that they cannot Mm -hmm. get away from the violence around them. And even though they think they're in the clear, as you say, the juxtaposition of the the success, as it were, of that meeting. There's still death around them. There's still violence around them. They cannot get escape it. And even though they're in the safety of their car, they will be confronted by it at every turn. And as I was saying earlier, it's in his house as well, right? She has now been, I wouldn't say perverted or con- you know converted into this you know violent monster, but rather has seen the the danger outside the door. And has succumbed mm-hmm. to the "I need a gun to protect myself," which he was so anti uh, and so against in the in the previous scenes with his drivers and so forth, and and even um, and, and guns in general. In general, yeah. Um, here it is at his front door, and they have to confront. And so I I like that, you know, one because in particular because one shot to to kill the deer, one shot in the head or what have you, that is a mercy killing. Four or five shots is something different. There is something about you, there's a perception that you like it or that you, there's something I think more than just this is a mercy killing to try and take the the edge off and the pain out of the deer. There's something else yeah, to I it. I think she's making a point. Exactly. Yeah, she's making a point to him. Yeah, That's right. Saying, I'll, I got to take care of this because you won't. That's it. Sort of. I'm prepared to do what you can't or what you aren't, right? He he didn't he got all the way over there with the tire iron, what have you, but didn't action anything. And she's saying, I will be taking action. And I think that that's it's interesting take on that on these characters in particular in this part of the movie, um, because it does it does call into question how that dynamic is going to go. And sure enough, at the house when they get back to the to the um, to the apartment yeah, or to the home, a little awkward. You really get the sense that this is. Um, been pent up for a while, right? That his 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 anger, his fear, his frustration with the guns and and with the violence around him as well is causing him now to lash out uh, at his wife. He slaps her, and they have a screaming match and so forth. So again, it just keeps escalating. I, I agree with your point that that the movie is kind of sets us up to wait for something big to happen, but I think it's it's really expertly putting together all these little things that are big in the they're not big to an audience i suspect but they are big to the characters uh, to to the performers uh to the to the if, mm. if for lack of a better term the real people in the movie 
right? Uh, we watch it and just go like, hey, you've shot the deer or what have you. But I thought that the movie does a pretty good job of setting up what that means to this couple in this way. And I think the scene in the in the kitchen uh, is really indicative of that. And the two of them are, are clearly at, at different parts and points of, uh, uh, on the same line. Yeah, I really got the, the impression like their relationship is like, ooh, this isn't on solid ground. I, I got that impression pretty early on, though. Like the foundation was a little bit shaky. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's uh, this isn't certainly helping it any when she uh, carries around the gun that a, a whore does. That is a whore gun. I don't know if you knew that. The, the movie. I'm not, not saying that. that. No. The movie's saying that, that that type of gun is the ones that whores um, use. I'm not sure. I thought they used a Glock, but they used those little those little guns. I did not. I don't know the 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 guns of any any horse. So um, I appreciate this movie opening oh. up for me. I didn't know if it was a Glock or what have you. <laughs> I knew what kind of gun a you know World War Two uh, Kruger uh, used. I knew, I knew all that. Sure, but but I, but I didn't know the gun of the official whore. <laughs> and now we know. Certainly, in 1981, <laughs> that may have changed. Yeah, that, that's right, true. We yeah. don't know. The more into, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that I thought another scene that's a bit of a trope in these kind of movies, but the, uh, the cops raid, it's never, uh, it's never, never it's never a good time. (laughs) It's always a birthday party, usually with children around or some real swanky dinner where they're trying to woo. Like I would have expected this type of thing, even if they were out at the bank, right? Like these are the moments. It's never a quiet uh, afternoon. The two of them just hanging out in the house. It's always, an elaborate thing that they're embarrassed of and so forth. But I thought this sequence was pretty good. And again, I really like, naturally, I just, I like the mutual respect that these two characters kind of have for one another. And I like how she's so willing to abuse it <laughs> right away um, by uh, requesting more time. But I appreciate the sort of like, not, not right now. Let me, let me, let me, clear. you know, there's an understanding between the two. And I like that she calls him out on that a little bit later too. It's like, we're clean. You're wasting your time. And I'm going to remember all of this because, you're in the wrong. I, I really like this whole sequence. I thought it was really good. Plus, I like the the almost comedy of cutting right from we need more time to leave, you know, let our guests go to dumping dozens of years uh, of uh, of tax returns. I thought it was really really interesting, really funny. Well, you know what? She's got nothing to hide. I'm not sure why they're dumping that out. Just saying. I think uh, you know. It turns out uh, he might be onto something. So so maybe they will find something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Who's to say? Who's to say? Who looks underneath the house? That's right. Nobody does. Nobody. That. You look inside. That's it. You don't poke around out and about no. on the unless you remember. Backyard. Unless you remember twenty fifth hour where they're they purposefully go around the room and then sit on the couch and then all the money is and, and they really mess them up real good. Oh. I love that scene. Um, <laughs> speaking of scenes, that, speaking yeah. of scenes that I love, I have to tell you this next sequence is really my favorite in the movie. I think it is so okay. So. Um, expertly crafted from uh, I love the writing of it I love the performances the 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 design of the shots uh, it's I just think it's it's the most compelling chunk of a movie or of this movie sorry that um, I'm completely engrossed by and I'm a bit on edge by which which as we talked about earlier is this movie is feeling like it's leading leading up to something that that yeah, we're not paying off. Yeah. I feel like this is that culmination 
in many ways. The way that it's cut, uh, intercut, sorry, between the two main characters or what have you, um, and the evolution of these scenes and, and the way in which we see it, again, the violence kind of overpowering um, these people. I, I just love this sequence, starting, of course, from... Um, you know, Julian, who's coming back and he's, he's saying over and over again, like, I cannot, I'm not ready to do this. As I was saying with my friend Owen at the, at the video store, there's this like, I can't do this anymore. Right. I, I'm it's, mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've been threatened by it. I've been attacked. I've been whatever the case, I, I, I cannot go back, but sadly I'm in a position where this is the job that I can get, or this is the, you know, the, the, the job I have and I've got a boss for what good or bad, but is, is putting me back at risk and uh keeping him vulnerable and i thought that was really evocative and it's part of why i think julian's character is my favorite in the movie because i think he has the most going on i think he's struggling with the most amount of stuff on some level and i thought his performance as i said was really great and i like that it intercuts with the first batch of the trainees that we had seen earlier going out on their fir- on his mm-hmm. first call <laughs> and playing the game like he's you know stare a little too long i'll have tea thank you very much and yeah and how that scene also then translates to him getting beat up and roughed up and 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 thrown thrown away um i love it i love that's just the first part before we get into obviously the the um you know the the big the big the heist exactly but those two the beginnings of this scene are those two characters kind of at their lowest points um what are your thoughts on on how that Mm -hmm. goes before the heist well i really i really felt julian was a francis candidate oh interesting okay Um, you're that far out no 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 i'm just just kidding (laughs) not not at all i'm just trying to trying to to get to you here i'm just kidding i thought that locker room i want to call it a locker room yeah they're in a locker room yeah I thought that was, um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty powerful scene. It's, uh, and it, you you sort of get the sense that uh, uh, something bad might st- might happen again. So uh, I don't think it tips his hand, you know, too much, but uh, it certainly says, okay, well, we're not done with this yet. And I, and he, yeah, right, like the performance of, of 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 the of Julian's character is so good. You can sense the the anxiety and the nervousness and like, shit, I just this is my only option, but I don't want to do it and. I don't know that that relationship and and Oscar's character is so polite. Uh, like he's not bad, you know what I mean. But at the same time, he is putting him in a position of potential harm. Yeah. So it's 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 quite a, a you know a unique situation, and I, I don't really know who's. I don't know. I don't. You don't have to pick a side. This is not like no politics of no. Uh, but but you you sort of you see both sides of it. And, and it's quite an interesting uh, relationship they have between the two. And you kind of get the sense that that Oscar's character looks out for him and he, he wants, like, he sh- shakes his hand and he, he says, how are you doing? Like, are you okay? Like, he's asking real human questions. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't, know what to, he doesn't know what to do to protect these drivers. He's almost, like, in denial of, of the protection that they need. Like, no, no, we're not doing guns. There's a solution. But he doesn't have the solution, unfortunately. So until something happens, uh, these guys, uh, it's problematic at best. So I think it's a well-shot scene. I think it drives the story uh, forward. And um, it kind of leads us sort of to the next, you know, sort of chunk of, Violence, actually, really, what it leads to. Yeah, we're we're really in a position now where it's definitely uh, 
it's cresting, right? Whatever that is. And we know who mm-hmm. Julian is at his wits end. He already was feeling vulnerable, didn't want to go out, so forth. And sure enough, he gets attacked. Yeah. But now he's got a gun, right? Because that's the answer we've established, yeah, right? Backing. He was already attacked. Yeah. So, so yeah. this is his solution. And they go and hijack him again or go to hijack him again. And now he's not going to take it. He's got to be a tough guy. He's got to be a strong man. And as a result, it turns into an absolute disaster for him. Uh, and even the other guys, right? There's just like, let us go. Who cares, right? Like, it's not your money or whatever. You know, there's this ambivalence around what's happening. Yeah, almost. there's an argument there. Just take it. They don't even hit me. Just here, take it, yeah. right? But at some point, he's like a good employee. He wants to, you know, cares about the business, cares about the man. Uh, it's a it's a rough situation. Plus, he's also, I'm sure, really pissed off that this has happened at least one other time. So, um, I really like it, though. I think that uh, I like the scene. I like that he that they kind of try and reason with him. I like that they run away to this sort of station and they have a conversation almost, and they're trying to help each other out. Like, hey, just go down the stairs, go here, right? They're they're. It's like it's none of it matters. It's like violence for the sake of violence. There is no end game. The guy gets a little money, sure, but they're not like expecting to be shot at and so forth because it's like you're saying what's the deal just take it who cares like it, it you know it's insured or what have you um yeah yeah that's my only sort of kind of not quite understanding like like in your friend's situation or if it's something like we keep our doors locked at work because we're having armed robberies yes. like i'm not gonna here i'll walk you to the safe i'll help you fill the bag yeah like whatever gets you out of here the quickest because i don't want to be in danger and if it happens a second time same thing. I'm not going to try to be the hero. No, no, no. You're not getting the phones this time. No, sirree, Bob. I'm going to make sure you get it. No, here, here, safe, safe. Here you go. You know, same time next week. Sure. <laughs> not my problem. Not my 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 stock. I'm not. Uh, I'm not expected to do anything either. It's not like the company says, "Well, how come you didn't try to stop them?" Right? They they actually tell you, make sure you you, you cooperate. Yes as much as possible. Now, that's not clear in this situation, obviously, but I don't get the impression Oscar, you know, ever said to him, hey, make sure you protect that truck with your life. I don't think he, you know, he might sort of, he might get a sense of that as a, you know, as a person, but not, that was never delivered verbally. I was a little bit, uh, it's just, it's bad decisions, but the decisions were, I I can sort of understand because the character delivered so well and you get that sense of like he's really irritated and anxious and 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 wants to protect himself and, and and that so he just he just kind of brings it on himself a little bit unnecessarily but that's that's that can happen at the same time so i'm not it's not taking me out i'm just like thinking there's i mean there's not much of a movie if it doesn't happen i don't know i never think violence is the answer phil is my is my short answer there that's all I'm saying. Well, I think that you're right. I think that that what this movie and others have proven and life has proven is that it isn't the answer, right? But it is the answer in the moment. It's not the grand answer. It's not going to solve anything. But people will feel safer if with their own gun, even though statistically it's no safer. It's more it dangerous, right? But yeah. like in the moment, it yeah. solves the problem. So Julian isn't, I'm sure, thinking – well, I'm sure it's insured, and I'm sure that it's no big deal, and I'm going to run away. Like this is—he's clearly—they kind of allude to it earlier that or later, sorry, that he's an immigrant. This is the job he can get. There's not a lot of opportunities. He wants to do a good job. There's all that stuff built into it. So while in the grand scheme mm-hmm. it doesn't solve anything to be pulling a gun on the hijackers, in the moment it's what you do because fuck you, you can't just do this. 
to me, to my employer, to my job, to my life. You don't get to just do this. So uh, in the moment, I'm going to have this gun because it's going to solve my problem. And as I said, statistically speaking, it's not going to do that. And the movie obviously <laughs> plays out that guns don't help really anything of this situation, but it is what you have. In this case, this is what he has. He has no other recourse. He can't fight them off. He's not strong enough. Um, and he's not brave enough, so he's got the gun to kind of cover those bases. Yeah. Julian's never been a stats man. Never was. You know, he didn't listen to stats. Uh, but I think that why it works is if he does just let them take the truck and doesn't put up a fight, I mean, you could get a sense that Oscar might let him go. Like, uh, sorry, it's, I mean, I'm a busy... At the end of the day, he's not a necessarily a crooked businessman, but... He is a businessman, and if you're a worker that's costing you money, then he might make a business decision. And say, well, I think maybe you're, you know, better not working for the company. You know, I just don't think you're, you know, can handle the position. Well, so I think I can sort of see why, you know, Julian is a little bit desperate and, and wants to take, you know, these these actions. Well, I think it's clear as well that 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 Abel is in a situation where this company will not. And cannot survive if they're consistently being robbed of all of their materials. So yeah, he won't have true. a job yeah, because the company is going to be yeah. gone because all yeah. of, every time he goes out. Yeah. So there's just a thousand reasons why it's not just as easy as, yeah. hey, go ahead, see you later. I'm going to go grab some lunch. Yeah. So I just I just because I think the movie does deliver some things a little bit too subtle that maybe there's a, there's a potential where you kind of forget about that and we kind of think in modern times. Like just like what I talked about with getting robbed, right? Uh, I mean, I, I work for a company that has is probably not going anywhere anytime soon. You know, they certainly have some fiscal issues, um, some from time to time. I'm sure I haven't checked the shares lately, but ultimately they're not going anywhere. So it's, it's certainly a, di- a, a different situation, which I, I think can, can get lost a little bit sometimes with uh, with you know. Just you know, taking a trip back to '81, where you're not really familiar with necessarily all the uh, all the rules of what's uh, rules of the road, if you will. Yes, for sure, exactly. It's a whole other thing too, is right. Uh, living in a different world for sure. But in any world, uh, if you have all these things happening, chances are the bank might change their mind. <laughs> so yes, yes, uh, the bank the but, bank is uh, is out. <laughs> uh, but I like the DA where he uh, says that this is bad for me too, right? There's this element that. Like, yeah. you got to help me out. I want to help you out, right? I like that, where they're both two sides of the same coin. You know, I'm in charge of this investigation, and it's making me look bad. So I like they both kind of have something to gain from this uh, transaction. Yeah. Bring him in. If they can find him, bring, bring him, him in. in. And uh, even the moment Oscar's character has with, with Julian's wife, and then he jolts out the window, yeah. and he's like, I understand. Like, he still, he never loses his cool. He's like, I understand why you lied. Yeah. I get yeah. it, but it was it wasn't the right decision. Just 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 letting you know, okay. Just by the way, yeah, he's got, uh, no, that was. He's right. got one of my favorite lines in the movie, which is, uh, "I will not let the weakness of others affect my business." Right? He is the strong one, and won't allow quote you know mm-hmm. uh, Julian or anybody to to cause him to lose the money. But it's like it's all happening anyway. He's just kind of delusional. I do like that he is, as you're saying trying to stay as cool and calm and that obviously kind of breaks a little bit later but I, I like the the attempt as it were to stay above it 
you know, by saying his stuff to his mother, like, I get it, I understand, you know, this and that, and then bring him in. And even then, Julian's really apologetic, and he's trying to kind of get it sorted. I really like that scene. I don't know if you if you had any thoughts on on uh, Albert Brooks in the car with a lawyer, and, like, you're fired, and... and uh... Oh, that's... um. Yeah, he uh, Julian. That's where he his performance I think really peaks. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's such a um, like he's he's fight he's trying to fight off the weakness, yeah. and he just can't. And it's just such a, a uh, an odd moment. It's like it's almost like when you when you've you're dating someone and and you've clearly maybe this is just me and you realize that you've just kind of lacked your, your confidence just sort of dissipated and you're feeling down and you realize you're you've lost the woman like she's not, you're not getting her back and but you just have this sort of and you're just trying to hang on for dear life because you, you really like the person but you realize i can't come back from this but I, I can't deal with the fact that i can't come back from this and it's all these sort of different emotions pulling you in different directions but ultimately you know that your 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 goose is cooked and and i know i think he just he just portrays that all those emotions this all well in that 30 seconds minute scene where he's with with Oscar's character you know sort of you know I have to turn you in like this is you know this is our only alternative which he's not wrong again Oscar's not wrong with what he's doing nope. really I don't nope, 100%. think he just doesn't empathize with Julian's character and when even like when you're fighting for the girl back and she's not empathizing with you or sympathizing you're like oh this sucks yeah. Like she's she's done. Like she's she's already moved yeah. on, and you haven't. And I'm like, oh god. And, and I've had that feeling. I can I can remember it because I just have a fond memory of it. Uh, and it I could feel Julian in that moment. Like God, that sucks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like this is not fun. Uh, and I and I really think he perf- uh, the performance was there to back it up too. So it, it, it's a very strong scene, I would say, hundred percent. Yeah, and it's kind of peaked off. I, I really I thought like it's it's again it's a it's a it's a testament to his performance. But uh, I Oscar Isaac as because the camera holds on him as we hear he's running, he's going, you know, he's bailing, oh, and the yeah. look on what a on shot. the on his face and the just the close up of it is yes. it's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment because yeah. As you're saying, with with Julian trying to kind of wrestle with all these emotions, you've got Isaac just exasperated. Like, oh, fuck, man. Like, you know, like I should have seen it coming, but also I wish it – you know, I just the pain and the exasperation on his face, I thought, is just – was excellent. I, I really like this scene. I thought it really effective. There's a couple of scenes we alluded to at the beginning of this movie, of the podcast, where the movie – does I think really step up, and there's a couple of scenes that really stand out as real showcases for either uh, style and or performance and or story, and uh, mm-hmm. this is one of those. I just love all of the elements coming to play into this scene, and the way in which it yeah. uh, it goes from there, and the cops have their you know reactions and so forth. I just thought really effective, really effective. Probably the last really effective yeah, scene a- of the movie to me. Yeah, there's a lot on that face. Absolutely, <laughs> like there's just a ton to read into that. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, so yeah, so he's um, he's kind of on the run again. We don't really then we kind of forget it about a little bit. Yep, and we kind of get to Oscar sort of just trying to procure the money. I have I have uh, uh, the meeting. If you remember, he kind of goes to. 
yeah the meeting of all the families as it were all the the competitors oh yes yes the table yeah. meeting yes stop he says yeah that is stop it's, a, it's, it's a godfather type of scene <laughs> right in the godfather um there's a sequence yeah. where you know meeting of the five families to kind of go over this business and it's a bit like that where he just says stop that's it just stop and everybody knows somebody in this room is doing it or at least is profiting from it or is buying from the th just stop it's a powerful scene it's yeah. it's really kind of underplayed understated but i thought um a pretty effective little moment uh played very quickly but i, I thought really um powerful like just just right i thought really yeah i i love the line at the end and he just says have some pride in what you do that's right he's thinking he's elevating right i think he says this throughout the whole movie he's trying to be the best and the the most uh classy almost you know trying to elevate the 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 job or the the you know the the choices above the riffraff and uh i think that that's part of his ethos i think that's what he's trying to do and this is an example of that have some pride like i be better right like what i like what yeah. i'm trying to which, do which which is kind of funny cuz there's not it's not long after he says that line and has to go to his younger brother for say <laughs> hey, i need yep. that that apartment or whatever and like that's not really a pride moment for it's really like oh you're you're pretty desperate if you need to come to your little brother for money more or less. No, 100 he's got to go to everybody he's uh, begging at heel he's talking to his old his old bookies and you know whatever else anybody he can yeah. to try and get some of that money scratching it around um he goes to peter for god's yep. sakes for for a real good chunk of change yep. And Peter's like, yeah, you know what? You don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's bad news. I mean, and you don't like, you, like he's one of the guys that wants you under. Like that's that's not the type of guy you want to loan from. But it just goes to show you the desperation that he wants to get this deal done, and nothing will stop him. So I, I do like his tenacity uh, of wanting to get the deal done. I don't quite understand why he doesn't wear a jacket outside in a few scenes. Then he's inside of his car, and now he's wearing the jacket. I didn't. That I don't quite get. Notice. But I do love the jacket, yeah, though. I've his, often uh, wished I could wear a. I could, well, he looks I've great. Often wished I could wear a trench coat. Yeah. I can't pull it off. Yeah, you could never. You never could. I. I can't. Yeah. You can't. I know it's okay, buddy. Yellow. I don't know about it's yellow. Too much. Uh, he looks good. Well dressed through the whole movie. I love. I love the the costume, like you mentioned earlier. He looks, you know, fantastic. Yep. It's um, all about appearances, right? And, He's trying to keep um, it better. What I do really love, though, yeah. is that hey, he just happens to be driving when there's another pickup, another another robbery in place. Yeah, and a little convenient, but I'm okay with what, that. What I really like about it, ultimately, not so much the the fact that it is. It's a bit of a contrivance, but I get it. If they're happening as often as they are, it's just you know, it's not that surprising, I suppose. Yeah. But the um, yeah, what I really like about it is it's finally the moment of break where he has tried to be above. He has tried to be diplomatic. He has tried to be a, uh, the yeah. the classy guy. Reasonable. And, and at this point, he mm -hmm. takes out the gun. He pistol whips the guy a number of times. He holds the gun at gunpoint. He's fighting with him. He's So now the violence is in him, right? It's it's He's he's tried to rise above it throughout, throughout the whole movie. That's deep, Phil. That's deep, Phil. And, yeah. and at this point, he's now pushed to the brink, right? He's had so much pressure, tension with his wife, with his... Uh, with the deal, he asked for three more days. He's trying to find loans and, and begging and bartering and stealing and so forth. And so finally now, confronted with the evil, as it were, that's keeping him down, um, I, I, you really see that there is, to me anyway, that there is a distinct crossing of a line. He doesn't kill him, 
but you feel like he could. And it's the first time that he's touched a gun and he's, you know, other than just in judgment, right? He's actually got yeah. it and he's ready for use. And I think it's a pretty powerful scene as a result. I do think it comes a little bit too late, but I think this is, we talked about, the movie is trying to, or uh, trying to lead us to a culmination point of an escalation point of what is our expectations. And I think this is the small version of what that expectation is. I think you're ratcheting the world around him up that something is going to break and maybe in a different movie it's a violent shootout like at the end of Enemy of the State or something like that where it's just like a mad guns blazing and and who's standing out at the end of it. Or in this instance, it's a single man against a single man of basically a stranger but that the violence kind of takes hold. Uh, I really thought pretty powerful stuff. I never really thought about it before, but I think a sort of new of, 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 I mean, it's obviously it's in the title of the movie, but the violence starts out away from him, like it's happening to a try. It's happening like through the radio, mm-hmm. really. That's as close as it, is, as it is at that point. And then it kind of gets to his front door. And then it kind of gets to his yep. wife, you know, with killing of the yep. deer. And then it comes, like you just articulated, it can't, inside himself. That's how I interpret so it. It's it's. No, no, that's interesting. I never really interpreted it that way, but I think that might have been an, obviously an intent. Um, it's if not, well, Phil, I think it's genius of you to to kind of think about it like that. And, and it's just something that I can't really say that I've ever kind of thought about in a movie, like how that oh the, the violence is over here, oh now it's here, and now it's here, and now it's oh now it's inside the person. So I think in that way, it's uh it's it's a little unique, Phil, along with the uh, the look, along with the LUT. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's unique. <laughs> uh, so it's cool. I like that you bring that up, Phil. Absolutely, which is rare. What I don't, what I don't <laughs> like, which is really my least favorite, and maybe why the movie itself doesn't leave me with a ton of oh. great feelings, is the uh, the the. I don't really like. Speaking of contrivance, I suppose she's a skimmer. The skimmer part. Now that doesn't bother me because that happens. She's a skimmer, but yeah. rather that that <laughs> this money has existed now for the whole time that she's been skimming since the beginning for ten years. Day that Albert one. Brooks's character knew of it, and I get that they may not have wanted it. It's mm-hmm. a safety net or whatever the case, whatever the reasons are. I do feel like it's a bit of an easy solution to a problem that we've now watched the last six days drive this man and his family kind of crazy. I feel like it's yeah. kind of the implication is that they have, if not all the money that they need, certainly a good chunk of the money that they need, in which case I feel like you it negates the, the last six days. Yeah, you get the impression there's a lot. In some yeah. ways, like it negates the, the 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 all the fighting that he's had to do and the emotional tumult that's gone the sta- on. The yeah, stakes. the stakes and everything aren't really the stakes. They could have just okay. Well, we need a million dollars. Well, I think I I think it's because of their marriage and 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 she's never told him. I think that's it's not an easy thing to tell your spouse probably that hey, by the way, I've been skimming from our business since day one. That could put your marriage a little bit on the rock. Yeah, that's fair. As yeah. it were, because that's a pretty big lie. Like that's that's big. That's huge. Um, and I can see Brooks being in the middle. Like I get that. Um, but um, yeah, I never really thought about it being like, oh well, geez, your problem solved. I never really thought about it that way. I see. I, I do see a little bit of your point, but turn, I get that. So. That's part of my problem. But and also just the the marked fuel was another. F- problem i had where it's like all of a sudden uh, yeah. he figures out Texas. 
who the victim was or who the person that was stealing. You know, it just felt like this last like five minutes or I guess maybe the the five, the, the the ten minutes preceding the last five minutes of the movie, I thought was really like tying up uh-huh. some loose ends in a in a a fairly yeah. kind of convenient cheap way i don't know yeah. if it, it the, if you felt similarly but i thought just the convenience of um, skimming you've got a big nest egg and oh by the way here's the guy that's been ripping you off and here's how you figured it out and you're going to get your money by tomorrow and he's going to be out of business by the end you know what i mean like you're like oh well that's everything solved in three minutes uh that we've now watched an hour and 45 minutes to do i, I just felt like a bit uh deflated almost uh what are your thoughts if any no that's a good point and i think maybe you sort of found the sort of the root of of my overall feeling of the movie i mean we've, we've we really haven't sent anything negative about it oddly enough for a movie where we weren't really like blown away by so i think you're kind of summarizing it with that sort of point and and because of when it's happening it is deflating like oh okay and that kind of takes away the wind like you're you're out sailing got a bit of a breeze and then it just takes the sails out, and you're kind of just left there. I thought maybe he was bluffing with uh, the, the the guy at the I forget his name at the at the barber shop because when he's beating up that guy with the mm-hmm. gun at the mm-hmm. subway, he runs away and says, "I've sold the gas to Rockaway yes. or something out of town." So he does have some information from you yes. know, but that but that point he's already to wait. Why did he give him that information? He kind of let him go already, which is a little yeah. bit odd. I think maybe he had had he given that information during the the, the beating, <laughs> uh, I thought that would have made a little bit more. I would have gave it up pretty yeah. quick. Um, a bit of a pussy though. So having that information, I think, is enough where he could probably bluff uh, that character, saying saying it's marked gas, even though maybe it's not mm-hmm. right. But uh, paired with everything that you said, I think really is the reason is why we're left a little bit uh, chilly in the last uh, little bit. You know, from because I mean, like slow burn, like Unbreakable. This movie is a bit of a slow burn. Well, so some people think maybe not, but um, that's my sort of thought of it. But I'm expecting something pretty, pretty big uh, coming up, and it just doesn't really happen. And maybe it does happen, but because of of these things, it d- didn't feel like it happened. Maybe for me or for you, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I, I just didn't seem to elevate really. Um, it it didn't feel like a nice way to cap this particular story. Now, obviously, after this sequence, he buys the property because he's yeah, got all the stuff, and then <laughs> Julian shows up. And as you said earlier, when he when he runs away, he does sort of disappear. We do, I think, kind of expect maybe for him not to come back. Did you anticipate him coming back? I I was kind of it was no. one of those oh shit that's right you know like that's another loose end. I assumed he was gone yeah. from the movie. Yeah, it was a little road to perdition. Uh, a little bit. Totally, yeah. I I certainly didn't. I don't recall having that that crazy moment of oh shoot, That's Jude right. Law, whoopsie, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I didn't have that moment. But um, I was like, oh okay, yeah. It, it once he showed up, it made sense. But I, I kind of forgot about him. Obviously, not the second watch. Second time around, I'm like, okay, I I, I was pretty confident. I knew I remembered what happened. Yeah, I did. Unfortunately, for but yeah, I wasn't expecting him. So when he showed up, obviously this isn't going to end well. I wasn't sure how bad it was going to end. Yeah, um, could have went a, a couple of um, ways for but, sure. Yeah, um, I I loved the sequence again. I, I thought his performance, I thought was really stellar. I, I was really impressed by it. Uh, again, the the stress mm-hmm. of it and yeah. the desperation of it, and ultimately the suicide, I thought was really effective. Like in terms of being shot well. 
I thought, uh, and I think it's indicative that there's a bullet hole in the oil. What it's all of, what it was all about. Uh, also mm-hmm. indicative that uh, Bell goes and plugs that hole before he makes any overtures to 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 <laughs> help. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, it's maybe subtle, but also, frankly. Um, yeah, no, it's, I, I don't think it is so it's, at all. It's also, um, if we t- if we take the violence as being the, obviously the, the, the theme of the movie, it's just, a, you're just plugging the hole. It's still leaking, right? It still exists. So you may own the stuff, but yeah, you haven't Ooh. solved all the problems. The oil is leaking and, and uh, it, you know, you're still, you're still wow. in that predicament, right? The violence is still around you. It's still going to exist. You're not out of the woods yeah. in the grand scheme. You dug deep on that one, buddy. <laughs> I just I took it as he's just um as a businessman. Yeah, I'm a businessman. You're dead, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um I tried to I try thought I tried to help you, but clearly <laughs> it didn't. But and uh I can't do anything. I'm moving forward, right? He's just constantly moving forward. I can't help you because you blew your brains yep. out. So I'm moving forward and fixing the problem in front of me of of the gas coming out of the side. So yeah, so you, I, I, I went a layer deep, and you went two layers deep, and I respect <laughs> that, and um, yeah, and it's, uh, it's too bad. That could have, could have, could have gone worse. Did you, did you think it was just gonna be? Uh, did, were you expecting a, a different character to get shot, yes. or were they, were they gonna work it out? Yeah, or? I think ultimately what I thought was that it. somebody was going to die. I thought he was going to, a bit like Jude Law, a bit like Road to Perdition, where. We kind of think the story's wrapping up. They've got a nice uh, lookout on the, you know, the 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 sign, the papers, you know, like everything's kind of happy ending, and then out of nowhere, mm-hmm. a bell or uh, Jessica Chastain or even Albert Brooks, but somebody on that side of the fence would get killed by this guy for having been left for the left for dead, effectively, right, by this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, uh, it it didn't surprise me. Let's say that he shot himself right mm-hmm. like i get all of the yeah. the conflict inside yeah, exactly there was no too. problem with it but i did anticipate yeah. oh here he shows up in the last five minutes that somebody on on the protagonist side let's say is going to be um the one that's killed and and so obviously when it wasn't i was a bit again it, it was earned it felt legitimate it felt er, you know justified but i was a bit surprised by it yeah well julian's character is like a bit of a people pleaser right with him you know protecting the truck and and even though you know just kind of wanting to impress and stuff i, I don't i don't think he had it in him to, to no i think you're that, probably right so, he's a good um, kid yeah yeah <laughs> he was <laughs> that's right tense, uh, no longer and um yeah that sort of leads us to our our final scene um with the da i believe correct me if i'm wrong i know you don't mind correcting me if i'm wrong <laughs> No, my wife doesn't mind. But <laughs> the long sure. list of people. Uh, yeah, uh, that the the last scene. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, I think the movie. Obviously, after Julian's death, uh, that's kind of the end of the movie for me. I don't. Uh, I don't have anything else beyond that. Uh, that sequence. Do you have anything particular about that last scene with the DA that that sort of strikes you? I just think it's really good dialogue. I don't think it it's um, strong enough to maybe finish a movie off necessarily but it's like the dialogue they've had with each other throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. it's, it has yeah. been good and I, I like the fact where they can you know oh, I didn't realize you this is what you wanted you want to earn the, you want to own this 
land and this is what you want to do, that makes you a pretty powerful guy. Huh, doesn't it? And realize, realizing that the DA has his own plan of, of his employment and wants to maybe That's run right. for, yeah, for office. Yeah, he's got his own ambitions. And having a, having a guy like this in your corner, yep. you know, could play well. So I think that that's an interesting dynamic. I always felt like they could work sure. together. Uh, you know, I always felt like they were both doing their job, the, the what he calls the the, the writer yeah, way. That's right. Like uh, his whole whole explanation of of, of, the, of, of yes, the, the right most way. right. There is the most the right. Mo- the most right. So I, I like that. I like that little speech, and I, I think uh, it's it's a great moment and and, and well written. I just. I just I'm just left sort of like at the end of Village, oh, yes. where I'm like, oh okay, well that's okay, that's a story, but it didn't it didn't really pack a a big punch at the end and leave me like whoa, uh, it was just good dialogue that I I had come to expect from them too anyway, so it didn't really do anything new, so I wasn't I wouldn't say necessarily disappointed. I was just say the movie kind of wrapped up, but it certainly didn't have that big unbreakable ending. Oh my god, what a crazy finish to a movie I, I was sort of lukewarm about so yeah i i but, think that that i mean ultimately yeah. i i i agree as i said when we said at the beginning that it's sort of an ineffable what was missing from the equation because we just spent you know the last whatever talking about how much there is to like about the movie but i do think that it was missing a particularly big scene or a big theme or a mm-hmm for lack of a better term, a message to leave us on and the most right little speech that he has, mm-hmm. it wasn't enough. I, I really liked the performances. I really liked the style of the movie. I felt like it was winter. I felt like each step mm-hmm. on the gravel and the, you know, and the salt and the breath and, you know, it felt like of its time and in, in, in the piece, yeah. I, which I thought was really effective, but I, th- yeah, yeah. Very but leaving at the end of the movie and not feeling like I felt like I, got anything really kind of out of it uh nothing interesting it didn't seem to bring anything mm-hmm. unique or, or fascinating to the table it wasn't really impactful yeah yeah you know? so maybe because it's not like relevant anymore maybe because the story like that's kind of come and gone and that's just not a period piece something that happened in new york in 81 here it is we watched it like okay i have that knowledge now but it just it wasn't thrilling enough to really kind of have that lasting sort of feeling. Yeah, you know? I agree. So I may watch this movie again, but not for a long time because I, I'm not eager to. Right? There wasn't anything that is drawing me back mm-hmm. because while I did enjoy the performances and, and and many of the things around it, none of it stood out enough to say I want to watch that. You know, we've talked before about our favorite movies. You know, I just want to watch that scene again, or I just want to feel that thing again. Or I just want to see the mm-hmm. that performance or that moment or that whatever the case that we kind of keep gravitating towards these movies to, to. This doesn't have any of that. In the structure of the movie, while watching it, I found it all worked. I felt like everything in it was well, well constructed and well done. But by the end of it, I was sort of thinking, I don't know that there's another – there's a reason for me to ever see this movie again. And there are movies that can be – there are some movies that we've reviewed that – or like I never want to see it again because I think it's bad or mm-hmm. like I, it offers me nothing or in some cases takes it away. This isn't that, but it isn't a movie that I would want to revisit for this, this, or that. So it's just kind of a movie that's a bit of a, for lack of a better term, a bit biodegradable where you watch it and then it's immediately kind of disposed of and, and melts away and I don't ever uh-huh. really have to think about it again. And this is kind of where that movie cat- is sitting for me. It's, 
uh, I have nothing against it, but there's no reason for me to really um, fight for it, let's say. I would recommend it because I think that it was worth the one watch, but it doesn't leave me with a lot of wanting yeah, after yeah. Well, I don't really have to say much because you said it all. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much, I I hate to say it, but I agree. And I think you're right. I think I, I I'll probably watch it again. I mean, it's 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 on my shelf. I'm certainly not gonna you know dispose of it, uh, or it's not biodegradable on my shelf. Um, so I think uh, I might watch it with the wife next time, kind of see what her thoughts on. She hasn't seen it, so. Uh, but you know, yeah, it's just it's, it's it is in that category of a movie where I just didn't. I don't dislike it, but I don't. I'm not looking for it. So. Well said, Phil. I mean, I can't. I, I got nothing to add to that. You you nailed it for for once. Uh, we are on the same page uh, with the movie that came off of my shelf, and that's only happened uh, half a dozen. Yeah, it's times. very rare. Um, well, thank you, folks, for joining us. Uh, we do appreciate your listening, of course. Uh, feel free to join us over at the Facebook page and uh, like uh, the podcast. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, rate us uh, five stars on your podcatcher of choice and of course uh, share the podcast uh, word of mouth helps uh, basically tell everybody you know to check it out and we would appreciate it and we'll talk to you next week folks good night